Welcome to the All Manner of Things podcast. In this episode, we will be reviewing Mysterium. Hi, I'm Shondell. And I'm Peter. And this is the All Manner of Things podcast, a podcast in which we discuss and review board games. So let's make a start. Game time. Okay, game time is 42 minutes according to the box, but we would say that's probably a minimum, and the game time really depends on who's playing. It also says on the box that it plays between 2 to 7, but we found with two players less interaction, so not quite as fun. And the age for this game is 10 plus. Basic gameplay. Mysterium is a co-op game which is set in a haunted manner. One player plays the ghosts while the others take on the role of the psychics. Psychics, uh, they're spending the night essentially at this manor and they're trying to work out who has murdered the ghost. And the ghost, uh, it's got a bit of a bad memory because it's happened ages ago. And so he has to communicate uh, who has killed him in what location and with what murder weapon using only picture cards. So the idea is that, that his memories are a little foggy and he can't clearly communicate those through. Yeah, the game's played over two phases. So the first phase, his memories coming back as to who was there that night, um, not specifically who killed him. So each psychic is sort of trying to work out a different suspect and what location that suspect was in and what murder weapon they had available to them. It is said in Japan that when a person dies in extreme sorrow or no rage, the emotion remains becoming a stain upon that place. So there's a spread of um, people, location and weapon cards on the table and the ghost will hand out to each psychic, will hand out particular um, vision cards, as many as uh, he feels necessary to communicate which which one which card they're trying to identify, and then um, the psychics can discuss together what they think the vision cards mean, which ones and they and relate and to. And the cards are very abstract as well, aren't they? Yes, the it's like Dixit look. cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But ultimately, it's up to the individual psychic to make a call on which one. Mm-hmm. Um, he thinks is the murderer or the weapon or yeah. the, the yeah. weapon or, or whatever location. Um, you also get like a clairvoyance tokens uh, and a clairvoyance track, which you use to, if you're having that discussion and you disagree with somebody, you can put a little cross next to it or a tick, and depending on whether they're correct or not, you can move up or down the clairvoyance track. Yeah. So if all psychics manage to determine suspect location and weapon before the end of the seventh round, then you get to move on to phase two. So during phase two, um, the ghost has one final, like it's finally come clear to him. So out of those combinations that he's come up with in phase one, mm. he remembers who actually murdered him and um, has one final communication with the psychics. During this phase, psychics can't talk to each other. So this is an individual phase. They each lay out their what they determined in round one. So the the person, location, and weapon they determined in round one. Yeah. The ghost gives one final vision of three cards, one to represent each of those things, and then everyone has their own guess in secret 
as to which combination they think it was. And the one with the like the most amount of points is the one who, if they get it correct, then yes, they win. everyone wins. Everyone wins. Yeah. Otherwise, the ghost will never rest in peace. Review. Presentation. I really liked the presentation. The artwork is top notch. Yep. Can't get any better in any board game that I've ever really played in. It's very much like Dixit. The dreamy cards. With the dream, yeah. yeah. With the, there's so many different elements and things happening in each individual card. It's really, really good. And the box is really the, beautiful as look, well. The box is amazing. It's very enticing. You want to pick it up. Yeah. Those those aqua blues and stuff that are on it. When you open up the box, one thing that annoys me, once you've punched all the cards and everything out and everything, there's nowhere for the clairvoyance track and the clock to go. It seems to slide <laughs> around on the top a little bit. And it seems a bit of an afterthought. That being said, the quality of the, of the clock pieces. The clock is awesome. That is one to of the highlights. To have a little clock to indicate the rounds that stands up. Yep, so everybody can see. Yep. Um, really, really good, as well as what the ghost has to work with. Yeah, the board the, that the ghost and, has is yep. such good quality, and it's so well thought out. Yeah. Well, We're picking it such little... Cause I it's know, such a I know, game. I know, it is. Because it I, is. I, I, like, the reason I didn't give it a five is such a stupid little thing, but it frustrates my OCD that the cards, the cards. aren't the same size. Yeah, no, and I'm like, I, I understand it, they use... Bigger cards for the person and these bigger cards for the location because there's so much going on in those pictures, whereas the weapon is just the weapon, so they use those mini cards. But I'm like, it just drives me nuts. Just use the same size card. But I think the other the other side of that, and they're probably the reason why they've done it, because, look, it feels like there's no expense spared in this entire game, um, is that I think the real estate on, on your a standard table... Um, and by making those cards smaller, they'll be able to fit more things I, on I there. I don't care. I'm like, I can't handle it. Just make the cards the same size. Yeah. But that's not... The other thing is... The other little thing that I had to pick on with the presentation was the tiny little arrows that mark where you're up to in the clairvoyance. Oh, yeah, track. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to lose them yeah, so quickly. Yeah, they're, they're a little bit small and I think yeah. a little bit of an afterthought maybe. They don't quite... I don't know. The, well, they they can't. They have to kind of fit on that little track, and the yeah. track is so small. I don't know. I think I would have. I don't know. Yeah. Made made those tokens larger. You'd have to. But anyway, um, I gave it a four because really the things that I'm picking on are so little. Overall, I think yeah. it's just a beautiful, beautiful game. The presentation is fantastic. Absolutely, I gave it a four as well. Okay, uh, rookie rating. I gave this a four again. I think this is a perfect game for a non-gamer. Like, there's no big strategy. You look at a picture, you have to think outside the box and discover the meaning. Which reminds me of the game that we played where everyone told me to think outside the box and I was looking at the picture and it was an apple. And I was like, well, apple would be in the kitchen, so it must be the kitchen. And then a new hassled me because I was defining the box rather than thinking outside of it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's a game that rookies, like I'm happy to bring out with anyone who comes around. It doesn't matter family, friends, whether they play a lot of games, whether they mm. don't. I just think it sort of suits everyone. Look, I get that. I get It's not a geeky game. It's as geeky as Cluedo is. So if you find Cluedo geeky, you're probably going to find this one geeky. But it's, it can be a little daunting with the once you first open the box and there's like 192 cards. 
But it's once you realise that half of them are for the ghosts and half of them are for the psychic, you know, it makes it a little bit more digestible, I suppose. I think it works better to have the person who is the ghost to be the person who's played it before. Ray, for a moment, pretend that I don't know anything about metallurgy, engineering, or physics, and just tell me what the hell is going on. You never studied. If you want it to run fast and be smooth and have the best opportunity for the non-geeky players, make sure that the the ghost, the person who's playing the ghost, has read the instructions and just ready to jump in. Otherwise, it can be a little bit lengthy in time. The yeah. ghost trying to select the cards and find what's appropriate. It does speed up the game. The game comes with a timer, so you could always put them under a timer, but for a new person... If you play somebody in the ghost, it can stall things a little bit. Yeah. I did mark it down because when the game was first described to me, I thought the clairvoyance token thing added a layer of complexity and confusion that wasn't really necessary. You know, I thought, okay, it's a really simple game. Yeah. You interpret the card, you work out which person it is, then you interpret the card, you work out which location, blah, blah, blah. But the clairvoyance tokens and doing all of that and having a clairvoyancy track, and I was like, this is just, why would they add all this level of complexity? Mm. The more I play the game, though, the more I'm like, that part of it is really fun. Yeah. So I wouldn't yeah. get rid of it. Yeah. Um, and it puts but it does make it a little bit more confusing than it first sounds. It puts uh, a bit of pressure on you to get the answers right as fast as possible and not play around with those and use up those yeah. seven rounds of the clock. So I like that aspect of it. But I, I, I end up giving it a three. I gave it a four. So I do, even with the complexities that are added with the clairvoyance tokens and stuff, yeah. I still think it's a perfect game for people who aren't heavy board gamers cool player interaction oh this one was a tough one as a ghost because there's obviously as we've mentioned there's the ghost and there's the psychics as the ghost uh, there's not much interaction but you do get to listen to what's going on in the background and i love that aspect of it it's just as much fun as a psychic it's extremely high interaction you talk to each other especially you get a good crowd going in even if you do find your suspect's location and weapons early, you still find that you're interacting with what other people are deciding. And because you've got those, those little ticks and crosses tracks, you can still put them down and still get higher up in those tracks. Even if you've found your correct results and you're out of the ticks and crosses, you can still get involved in the conversation. Yeah, you can yeah. say, no, I think your card means this because of this. It's just, I found the conversations with the other psychics sort of make the game you know you're yeah. working so much together you're seeing how other people see things yeah yeah, yeah. and you've mentioned this at sand timer to keep the, the rounds tight but it's optional we found that we didn't really need it in fact the sand timer a couple of times was uh, went off for too long yeah look it, it's everyone gets into good spirit it, it's going to be a fantastic game i end up giving it a five i gave it a five as well i thought unlike other co-ops no one person is likely to take charge so sometimes in other cops, someone takes charge and starts telling everyone what to do, but yeah. not in this case, everyone gets involved. Like you said, even the ghost can listen in and enjoy those conversations. I still gave it a five. I don't think the interaction is marked down for being the ghost. Yep, absolutely. Balance. So I gave this a three. 
it's not a high strategy game. If that's what you like for a in a game, this is not the game for you. There's no planning your moves ahead. Oh, if I go here, I can do this in my next turn. There's nothing like that. Well, as as the ghost, I'd argue yeah, the point. I was going to say, that. there's a little bit of strategy. That's why I marched at a three and not like a two or a one. Because there is a little bit of strategy from the ghost perspective in choosing what cards to give out. And also when they're going to use their crows. But I wouldn't say it's all luck either. No. So it's not swinging the other way. Yeah. Look, because this game is so asymmetrical in the way that it plays, you've got two sides of things, the ghost and the psychics. The ghost... When it comes to luck versus strategy, look, there's luck in terms of the cards that you flip over and that maybe you get one which looks like a suspect or does look like the location or maybe even has, if you're really extremely lucky, an element that has the murder weapon in it. And you can kind of hold on to those cards if you know that that's coming up. I think we can rule Moses out as a suspect. And that's your strategy, which ones you hold and when to discard and put up the crows or how good your luck is by the cards that get flipped over. But as a psychic, it doesn't matter whether you've played this 50 times before or this is your first time. It's all about the discussion of what, what it means to you and what your gut feels. Yep. So there is no luck. There is no strategy. It's just just reaction it's neither yeah there is a little bit of luck with the ghosts with the cards that you pick up there also can be luck as a new put down a card with something in mind as to why you've put it down yeah people look at that card interpret it completely wrong <laughs> and still just happen to get the same yeah suspect uh, out of it or the, something if if you end up do playing this game and you end up being the ghost you'll hear that a few times over so it just but so it happened to be like, yeah. the colour of the card matches the car colour of what someone's wearing or something, and you'll be thinking, oh, wow, that was lucky. But, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I can understand. I don't think it's a bad thing, though. I mean, no, the fun yeah. of the game is sort of the conversations yeah. with the people. Absolutely. And if they get it for the wrong reasons, they still get it. Yeah. So, yeah. Would you give it? I end up giving it a four. Okay, replayability. Now, replayability to me isn't just about whether you want to replay this game next week or even the next day, but how much you want to replay it straight after you've just finished it. And because you got that ghost character, every time you finish playing this game, and if you're new to the game and you've played the sidekick before, you're eager to see how well you'll be as the ghost. It's just got that, can I have a go now? Can I have a go? Type feel about it. And so it's... It's very high on the replayability. Not every time, but most times we've played, we end up playing it twice. Yeah, yeah. Which is just shows you how much energy it has, considering it is quite a long game. Yeah, and I love the challenge of different ghosts. Like, everyone yeah. sees the world differently. Everyone's yeah. had different experiences. So having different ghosts handing out cards just means you can play it again and again because... Mm-hmm. You just want to, you know, it's a completely different game when there's a different ghost. You've got to yeah. look at the cards a different way. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons why I, I didn't give this a 5 out of 5, although it was such a high replayability, and uh, you can get an unlimited combination of... It's not really unlimited. Well, not technically unlimited, but close to unlimited combination. Of suspect, um, murder uh, location, and murder weapon... You go through the ghost deck quite 
quickly and you get familiar with with the cards once you own the game. If we've been through, we've played this game half a dozen times and already we're at the point now we're looking going, oh, maybe we could add the Dixit cards or we have a game called Last Letter and we can add them in there as well just to mix things up a bit. Uh, it can work with those and it'd be great expansion to have that but that's probably the one drawback I have. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying, but I still gave it a five. I love playing this game. I love playing all the roles as well. Like I love playing the ghost, but I also love playing the psychic with different ghosts. And then the other day I taught this game at a Games Unplugged evening and I was just watching the game. So I was watching both the ghost and the psychics. And even that was fun. Like I knew what the ghost was thinking and why he was mm. handing out cards. And then to hear what everyone else was thinking, I'm like, no, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. That'd be a really good way to watch it because as a ghost, you're frantically thinking of the next card to pull out. Yeah. And as a psychic, you trying don't have that picture of what he's trying to do until the very end. You do. It ends up being quite a can be a bit of a discussion afterwards once you have those cards. Yeah. How, what did you mean by that particular card? Why did you give me that blue card with the fish on it? You know? And that makes things quite fun afterwards as well. But to see it while it was playing, that, that would be yeah. a cool experience. Okay, on to theme. This is a great theme. A real whodunit. And I just, I love that about it. And it plays through really well. Like, you're interpreting visions from a ghost it just, I think it's very clever and very well done. Yes, I uh, totally agree. Um, throw in some um, haunting music in the background during which, the night. Which the um, the game company have available for you to download. Yep, so they've already thought of that. You know, it, it, is, it is such a great night to bring over your mates, turn the lights down low, bring out the candles and lay them out on the table and... Just, just carry the theme throughout the the game. It, as a ghost, you're making all the booing and haunting music, haunting noises that you would, handing over the cards. You know, it just as you as each round finishes and you turn the clock, you make the boing, boing, boing noises and stuff. You know, it's fun. It's great. I look. That's, I gave it. I, yeah. I gave it a five out of five because I enjoyed it so much. Yeah, I I actually gave it a four because it's a hard, a little hard to explain to everyone at the start why the ghost is giving everyone a different suspect in a different location with a different murder weapon. Especially when I was playing with younger people the other day, like 12-year-olds. I always kind of think it was three different, or how many psychics you have, you know, four or five different um, murder crime scenes and murders that actually happened. Yeah, and that's, that's what I, that's what I tried to it. say to them. But that's not how it's described no, it's in not, the game. Yeah. You know, it's these are the different people that were there that night in the different rooms they were in and then you have to work out like and then in phase two you have to work out who the actual murderer was and everyone's kind of like well why didn't the ghost just tell us which one was the, the murderer yeah, is yeah, at the yeah, beginning yeah, yeah. and then when i tried to say um the other evening that all the different suspects locations and murder weapons were 
different murders that had happened over the 30 years. Um, and one, one of them was the ghosts and the rest were other ones. Yeah. Um, then I was asked, well, why do we have to do phase two? You know, as long as we catch the murderer, why does the ghost <laughs> care if we know which one was his murderer? So I don't know. I just feel like maybe they came up with a great game mechanism and then had to alter the story to fit it. Or perhaps originally they went for just one, you know, one round, one, round. one suspect with yeah. one location and one yeah. Yeah. thing, but that was too easy. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm being really picky here, but there's just, it's hard to explain that point. And for that reason, I gave the game a four instead of a five for thing. Cool. Best and worst. So, this leads us to best and worst. Now, for me, the best is the artwork and the theme. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. We've been talking about it throughout this. If you haven't Googled it and seen the pictures through Board Game Geek or what have you, then I recommend doing it and you'll fall in love with it just the way the theme is. Really, really good. Um, for the, me, the best, I said, was the discussions that go on between the psychics. Yeah. I think it really makes the game, like even the ghost ducking his head down behind the board laughing at some of the things people are saying and seeing how other people's minds work. They can be so funny, just the interactions between people, the conversations between people, the reasons why people think it's a certain card. I just think they really make the game. Mm -hmm. For sure. Again, it depends who, who you choose to rock up to your games night um, or when you crack open the box, who's there and how much fun you have. With like a lot of games, like everything yeah. I suppose. But, yeah. um, for me, the worst was the asymmetrical gameplay that meant the ghost really needs to be an expert and be on top of things to make sure the game runs smoothly. He has to hand out those cards relatively quickly, otherwise people are like, you know, twiddling their thumbs. For me, the worst, I was going to say the little cards for the weapons, but that's pretty bad, but it's not the worst. I think, <laughs> I think the worst um, is the end game. I feel a little bit like, you know, you put so much effort in in phase one. Phase one is most of the game. Yeah. And yet everything you went through in phase one means nothing if you fail phase two. I don't know, it just it feels a little wrong. And sometimes you get to the end and you're like, and you've got the right person. And it's like, it just it feels a little anticlimactic. I mean, I've played it with other people yeah. who have cheered as soon as we found that we got the right person. But I don't know, something about the end game feels... It does feel a little tacked on, a little bit like an afterthought to keep the game going longer than it probably should. Yeah, and maybe but, because if someone races to get all their three things sorted first, then they may feel a little bit... Hard done by or the yeah. fact that the, the rest of the people let them down. It's well, a cooperative, not, yeah, you know? Yeah, no, not, not hard done by. I mean, like, if you race to the end and then you're waiting for everyone else to get their things, when the final person gets their, like, gets the murder weapon, it might feel less exciting because you've been sitting there with all three of your cards for a while but at the same time it's not like the interact the interaction stops once you've reached the no but you know you're still you know you already reached the end and yeah. you're just waiting on everyone else i don't know it, it's a team effort to 
get across the line. It is, but it's still, I don't know. And I, that's why I think, like, sometimes I think, well, what's the, you know, maybe it's not even worthwhile doing phase two because it feels a little, yeah. I don't know, like I said, you know, all the work, all the effort of most of the game is in phase one, and yet that can mean nothing if you get the wrong answer in phase two. Which kind of leads us to the two-player variant that we were talking about before, right at the start, where the way they had it was this very little, little interaction and... Well, because one person's playing psychic and, and one person's playing, playing ghost. ghost. Yeah. Final thoughts. Okay, final thoughts. Um, I have to say it. Cluedo combined with Dixit yeah. is Mysterium. But it's better than both of them combined, if you ask me. Yep. I'm not a purist of either one. I'm always looking for ways you can improve on something. And I think this does it hands down. Yep. Um, so overall, I think it's a, I think it's a great game. Yep, it's a winner. I think buy if you want a game that you can bring out with anyone. I actually wrote here buy if you love Dixit and or Cluedo and want uh, more. Also buy if you get a dark and stormy night where you live. Buy if you're after a game that encourages interaction. Buy if you have friends who are creative thinkers and you can bring them along and aren't afraid to have a fun and, you know, have a good night. Buy if you've got a person in your group who loves to be a smartass and say how easy everything is so you can make them the ghost. You have been listening to the All Manner of Things podcast. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can email us at podcast at allmannerofthings.com or alternatively, you can find us on our website www.allmannerofthings.com Thanks for listening. Bye. It also says on the box um, plays between two to seven, but we found it uh, works better with more than two players. Three. <laughs> One might say three. <laughs> the rules are a little. Um, what would you say? <laughs> keep going. Just like keep going. No, they're a bit loose. Yeah, they're a bit loose. There's no interaction between psychics when there's only one psychic yeah yeah and that makes things tough but as it comes in the box says two to seven go with three to seven <laughs> i'm glad we clarified that for a 15 minute podcast we take 15 minutes talking about how many players